25 minutes it is before 9 p.m. We now go under the microscope and uh, we're taking a look at the publication of the uh, latest employment equity report for 2018. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, two decades or just over two decades down the line and uh, not much by way of improvement to uh, the diversity of the boardrooms and the workplaces that we have in South Africa. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at uh, some of the figures that have come through there. And uh, really, really something that's surprising there. I mean, according to the report, white men, uh, who represent just 5.1% of the economically active population, and white women, uh, who uh, represent 3.9% of the economically active uh, population, are represented, and this is in the case of white men, they are 66.5% of uh, the top management function, 54.4% of uh, senior managers, and 37.4% of uh, all professionals. Now, this is in comparison to uh, only 15.1% of top managers uh, in uh, South Africa being uh, from the African population group, even though uh, they account for just under 80% of uh, the economically active population, accounting for 78.8% uh, there. And uh, it uh, is certainly rather alarming and startling uh, to uh, continue to see these kinds of numbers a quarter of a century after 1994. And to take a look at uh, some of the uh, key findings of that particular report, and uh, more importantly, I guess if we look at it from uh, one of the other uh, things that are required by the Employment Equity Act, which is you know, uh, a monitoring and disclosure of income differentials within companies, and uh, I think Section 27 of the Employment Equity Act uh, requires uh, entities to indicate who's earning at the top of the distribution, who's sort of near the top and who's in the middle, and uh, uh, I guess on the bottom end of the income distribution, uh, what are people earning there and what is the gap Uh, within the firm, uh, what is that differential within the firm? And, of course, that is then submitted to the Department of Labor and uh, the uh, Commission uh, for Employment Equity then uh, is able to release some reports around that particular uh, issue. Now, uh, the uh, uh, Minister of uh, Labor uh, and Employment here also coming out and noting that it's quite clear that, uh, you know, uh, if we look at uh, 30,000 separate company reports that have come through here covering 7.4 million people, Uh, In our workforce, it's quite clear that we continue to see the historic patterns here of uh, white people who continue to dominate top management uh, positions. And to talk about this, I'm joined by the Chief Director for Labor Relations at the Department of Labor and Employment, and that is Tembingosi Mkalipim. Shagazwam, good evening to you, and uh, I certainly hope you are well, Ngalenji Galang. Good evening, Shagazwam, and good evening to your listeners. Let's uh, maybe start off here. I'm quite interested, I guess, in uh, in the work that the Department of Labor does. How uh, the uh, work of uh, uh, sort of, I guess, following on the Employment Equity Act and, uh, you know, implementing some of its injunctions. Uh, where does that fit into your work? And uh, I guess, uh, how does the uh, sort of Commission of Employment, Commission on Employment Equity uh, fit into uh, the greater Department of Labor? Well, the, the, the Employment Equity Commission uh, uh, reports... Uh, to the minister and it advised the minister on policy issues uh, and, uh, and and report on the performance in terms of the policy. That's their main function to advise on policy issues and, and, and the reports in terms of the employment equity report. Mm. And uh, just in the bigger scheme of uh, your work around sort of ensuring that labor market's clear, that uh, we continue to get our people into work, uh, many people have, you know, have suggested, least of all uh, the uh, commissioner here, Tabia Kabinda, that it's a strategic imperative for many of these workplaces to diversify and uh, transform 
uh, from a demographic perspective. Uh, uh, how, how do you see that alongside, I guess, the task of getting more and more people into work? Well, we, we don't see a, a contradiction between transformation and getting people, more people at work. Mm. And, and, and I mean, if, if companies want to grow and want to get ahead in the marketplace, they've got to represent, reflect their customer base. If your customer, majority of your customers are black and African, it makes sense that your company should reflect that market base. And therefore, for us, where we're sitting, we, we don't understand this argument that don't deal with transformation, deal with jobs, mm. and we don't, we don't see a contradiction in this. We can do both. Sure, sure, sure. Baum Kalipi, I'd like us to maybe pause here for a second. I need to take a, a spot break. But when we come back, uh, I want us to take a look at some of the findings here, especially from a demographic perspective, but also uh, how those findings fare up to uh, some of the previous reports that we've seen in the last few years or so. Uh, you tune into Metro FM Talk, and I'm in conversation with uh, Tim Bingosim Kalipi, Chief Director of Labor Relations at the Department of Labor and Employment. I'd love to hear from you uh, some of your own uh, perspectives uh, from your workplaces of uh, how uh, this issue of uh, transformation happens. Uh, we heard all manner of things coming out yesterday. Abandube City, hey! You know, uh, people are getting promotions, getting employed, being placed in management roles uh, who just have a matric just on the basis of uh, the color of their skin. Do you have a similar sentiment uh, in uh, the place of work or a similar experience where you work? If so, please uh, share that with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, do give us a ring here on 89 110 17 minutes it is before 9 p.m. And now uh, we are in our Under the Microscope uh, feature and we're talking about uh, recently released findings of the Employment Equity Report for 2018. But before uh, we continue with that conversation, an interesting uh, set of news coming through here. Uh, Zandila Komete withdrawing her resignation as mayor. Now uh, the swearing-in of a new uh, mayor for Eteguin and Kawunda has been postponed indefinitely. After the incumbent, Zandila Kumeta withdrew her resignation as mayor. And uh, it's uh, quite clear now, of course, that uh, many of them who were instructed to resign uh, by the provincial party leadership on the basis of poor performance last week, uh, many people were quite happy that uh, over the last two days or so, she had decided to uh, finally uh, retire or resign, I should say. And, uh, and now it seems that we have a lot of resignation. What do you make of that? I'd love to hear from you as well. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, give us a ring on 89 Now, uh, Baum Kalipi, I'm quite interested, I guess, in some of the findings that came through from uh, this particular report here uh, that have uh, certainly given you as a department food for thought and, uh, I guess, have uh, also been unsettling for you, uh, least of all when you compare them to some of the trends that you've started to see emerging from these reports over the last few years or so. <laughs> <laughs> this report is really not different from the report for the last 10, more than 10 years. Uh, it continued to show that uh, uh, at both senior and top management, white males dominate. It continued to show that for women, the beneficiary of employment equity is white women and Indian women. And those elements in this report have been there in the other reports before it. Therefore, for us, there's no surprise in that. 
uh, 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 we expected that because that's what has been happening over the years. And those are the most important glaring things that are coming out of the report. Mm-hmm. So, and so, and, and yeah. also the issue of people with disability, that they are nowhere uh, in terms of uh, uh, the report. Mm. Surely, I mean, uh, that, that that should signal to the Department of Labor that uh, uh, year on year you're seeing people, I guess, uh, treating not only, I guess, the submission of these reports, but even the, the tasks and uh, some of the pressure, you know, uh, that uh, is uh, implied by the injunctions in the legislation, treating all of that with disdain, pre- really not taking it seriously. Exactly. And, and, and that's why uh, the minister announced the changes that we are making in the law. Uh, remember, the, 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 the whole basis of the law has been on the basis of trust. We all trusted that uh, corporate South Africa will accept and understand that uh, uh, transformation makes business sense. They've got to do it. Now, and, and it was left to, for them to set their own target and their own goals and, and move at their own pace. And that's why the law is being amended now to allow the minister to set sector targets uh, in different sectors and indicate what the minister expects. And this target, the way they are going to be set on is uh, the minister is going to set a, a target that says in the next five years would want representation in the top management of senior management to be at, let's say, 40%, 30%, set those targets for the sector, and then let the different companies work towards that for all the sectors. And mm. it's because of that reason specifically. Have have any of the companies, I guess, in some of the conversations you, I assume you would have had with them, have, have they come out and said, look, you know, these are some of the challenges that we are having in implementing some of these issues. These are the challenges that uh, we are having in uh, transitioning away from being this white male all boys club, least of all from a decision making perspective and uh, a top management uh, picture. Well, I mean, there are two things that many companies raise. One, they raise the state of the economy. They said, well, the economy is not growing, therefore it makes it difficult for transformation to take place. Yeah, but what does what, um, what the, the growth of the economy have to do with <laughs> transforming? That, that, that's the issue that we're raising. Mm. Then to rebut that, we say, when you look on the report, in the report, not only the information that is coming up does not only deal with uh, uh, the, transform- the, the numbers, in terms of the different level only, deals also with the movement within the set, the numbers themselves, in terms of how many people have been dismissed at top management, mm. how many have resigned, how many have been promoted into that area. And these numbers indicate that the people that are brought in and are promoted are the same people. Therefore, we say transformation does not only depend in you increasing the numbers, it depends also in you taking the opportunities when the opportunities arise in your company. If the vacancies arise in your company, if you fill that vacancy with the right target that you are targeting in terms of transformation, without the company even growing, it will make a difference in your transformation. And the numbers are talking to that. And they say those opportunities have not been utilized in the right way. Mm. And the other issue, other issue that they are raising, it's the issue, the whole issue of skills that, well, we don't have enough people with skills in terms of, of this issue. I mean, on, on, on that question, I mean, we ask those companies that we interact with, what skills are we talking about? I mean, if, if they're talking skills, are they talking engineers? Now, if they're talking engineers, does it mean that everybody at senior management in their company is an engineer? 
of even those who are, who are white, are they engineers? And the answer is no. They are not all engineers. They are not all uh, accountants. Uh, 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 and therefore, the issue of skills uh, uh, is, is not the issue. And also, if the skills are not there, the law is clear. You must identify what the skills that you need. We are 20 years now in the employment equity. If that was the issue of skills, what is it that they've done to ensure that they've got those skills? Mm, okay. Uh, but well, let's pause there for a second and take uh, what is going to be a last of our spot breaks. And when we come back, uh, I'm going to take a look at some of the uh, numbers here that have come through. I mean, uh, women only making up 39% of a senior management when we know uh, population-wise there's more women in this country than uh, there are males. And uh, then, of course, people with disabilities only making up 1.3% of top management. Uh, I want us to talk to some of that. And uh, also, when we come back, speak uh, to some of the issues around Section 27 and what you're seeing by way of the reports that are being submitted on income differentials within firms. I'm in conversation with the uh, Chief Director of Labor Relations at the Department of Labor and Employment, uh, eight minutes it is uh, before the uh, top of the hour. We are under the microscope, and uh, I'm talking to the Chief Director for Labor Relations at the uh, Department of Labor and Employment, Tembengosim Kalipi. And Baum Kalipi, I think, you know, when we look at this from, uh, I guess, two vantage points, one is sort of the racial demographics. It certainly does paint uh, a very sad picture. And so does it uh, when we we look at it from the dimension of gender and even uh, when it comes to the issues of uh, the kind of ableism uh, that uh, continues to make us exclude people with disabilities uh, from making up uh, some of the decision-making structures and the upper echelons of many of uh, these uh, businesses. Uh, When you talk about what, I guess, the um, minister is going to do by way of uh, sort of sector targets, uh, what does that look like and uh, why is it being done at a sector-by-sector level? Are there sort of certain sector-level dynamics that you think uh, make for a difference that would allow for some form of distinguishable characteristics between sectors? Uh, And why don't we just have a blanket approach? Well, we did not want to take that decision uh, of having one blanket approach. It could be the result of the sector by sector of setting the target could result in one target. Okay. But we wanted to have we wanted to have a flexibility if there is in any way in the consultation a, a, a reason that is given that shows that this sector should be different from the other sectors. We should be able to look at that. And therefore, that's why we're setting up a sector. But as you correct, the end result could be one target for all sectors, unless there are exceptions. And those exceptions, we've got to know them. Why would this sector be different from the mm. other? That's this. We're moving from that basis. Although we're setting it by sector by sector, we say this is the base that we're moving from. If we are going to be different from that base, there's got to be exceptions. Yeah. And reasons for that. Okay. Let's talk briefly here about, uh, I guess, uh, income differentials. Many people have suggested that South Africa is the most unequal society in the world. Uh, One of the big drivers of that inequality is actually wage inequality within firms, within some of the people who are already employed, uh, notwithstanding, of course, the massive challenges we have uh, when it comes to uh, unemployment in the country. Uh, What are some of the things that you are seeing in the submissions that people have made around the income differential uh, reports? Uh, And uh, more importantly, what does that trend look like over the last few years or so? Many people are suggesting that that section that looks at uh, income differentials uh, is starting to get shorter and shorter every single year when you put out these reports. You're correct. I mean, the income differential mirrors what's happening in the report as a whole. Uh, um, the, 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 
Africans, women, people with disability are at the bottom of the ladder. And we're making changes in the income differential so that we, we can get the clear information now. What the present statistics that we're receiving on income differential is giving us aggregated information. Mm. Now, now we're asking companies to give us the highest pay in the level. One highest pay African male at top management. How much does the highest pay earn? Mm. We want the highest pay uh, white male, white female, African, all of them the highest, so that we can see uh, by just looking at it, you see what's, what's the difference. If the highest pay African male is a million rand and the highest pay white male is 10 million rand, it tells you. Then what we're saying at the bottom, we want what's the lowest paid, what does the lowest paid worker end? Because we want to be able to compare horizontally and vertically mm. so that you can see the, the, low, the lowest paid worker at the bottom of the ladder, how much do they earn and how much does the highest paid earn? So that you can see, we calculate also that difference, not only a racial one, the difference between the highest paid dealing with this issue of wage differential between uh, the guys in, 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 in the upper echelon and the guys at the lower end. And we're even asking companies in the, in the next report, we're asking them, does your company have a policy on what should be the weight differential between the highest paid and the lowest paid. Is there determining in your company that says the difference should be maybe uh, 20%, 30%? What is that policy? Mm. If you don't have that policy, why is that policy? And if you do have a, po- a policy, then we ask, does this weight differential that we see in the organization conform to that policy that you have? But why, why would you want the companies to, to self-target? Surely, you you know, uh, uh, at a sector level, uh, much like the sector targets we were talking about earlier on, uh, you would have line of sight and say maybe ideally when we compare like for like in the world of finance or even like for like in the world of ICT, that uh, we think the industry target ought to be this differential, say, between the highest paid person and uh, maybe someone at the middle uh, or the median kind of sort of wage inside of a company. That, 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 the issue, that's where we're going. Mm. But the, the initial stage is what we're saying, let's get the data and see what it looks like. Secondly, let's see what are the company policies and this is there any. Mm. And then let's see what intervention should we be introducing into the labor market on this. Mm. And then and it might end up being there, but we don't, we don't want to rush it. Sure. We want to get uh, uh, the information so that if we move, we are supported by facts that we're putting on the table. Mm. Are you also taking a look, I guess, at some of the other uh, sort of strides that are being made from a policy perspective globally? I mean, we know, for instance, in the U.S. and in, in many of the stock exchanges, there, there's a requirement for people to disclose uh, some of the uh, sort of uh, pay gaps uh, uh, and uh, income differentials uh, within the firm vertically, uh, but also horizontally across the board. And even from a gender perspective, uh, are you sort of considering taking some of those lessons and uh, uh, potentially, I guess, applying them where relevant uh, to us here in South Africa? This is exactly why we're asking does your company has have a policy on this area. And if not, why don't you have not a policy? And that policy, when we have that information, is going to influence, as I said, what policy intervention do we need to make? We might, as we say, end up having a, a regulation that says these are the areas that we need to disclose. 
in 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 your company in terms of these issues. You might have to disclose it to financial. You must have. But all of that, as I've said, it depends. It will depend on proper data that you receive uh, that will be collecting as from this reporting period. Mm, okay. We'll have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. I really, really appreciate you coming uh, on to Metro FM Talk to share your insights with us. And uh, we'll have to leave it there. Nebulela Akul. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, that there was uh, Mr. Tembigosim Kalipi. He is the Chief Director for Labor Relations at the Department of Labor and Employment. Speaking to us about uh, that uh, report that came out of uh, the uh, department uh, with uh, some uh, really, I guess, unsettling and, uh, you know, we're gutting findings. They're showing us that uh, we've moved at a sort of turtle's uh, or, or tortoise pace uh, when it comes to some of these issues around transforming our workplaces, uh, transforming the demographic profile of them and ensuring much greater diversity and, more importantly, more equitable uh, wage structures uh, within some of these firms. That's where we're going to have to leave it uh, this evening. And a big thank you to all of you for joining us uh, this evening here on Metro FM Talk. I leave you. Uh, in the capable hands of the man with the music, uh, Saint Leo is going to be with you from nine to midnight. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Askat kribi ukuyibanga leikonomi.